The chance of a lifetime for Luis Gonzalez. 2-2, bottom of the ninth. Game seven of the World Series. Bases loaded. Welcome back to the Game 7 Podcast. Thank the Lord we are finally back. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in and joining us. I know it's been a little bit of a while, but we've uh, we've had some family vacations. We've had some uh, house stuff. We've had some new jobs come up. Guys, how's it going? Zach, Andy, and JP are all here. Zach, what's going on, man? Man, uh, we're back. Back from vacations, finally. Um, well, I guess not finally. I, I love my vacations, but back uh, back in the saddle as far as the podcast goes. So I think we're going to get a settle down the rest of the summer, get back on schedule, get back in this thing. But man, we had a great time. Went down to Daytona Beach. Um, Fourth of July, got to lay in the sun, play on the beach. My little boy loved uh, being in the sand, went over to Disney for one day. So, and we had a great week, but uh, it's exciting to get back and, and talk with you guys. Andy, Fourth of July, what, what do we do? How do we have a good week? It was good, solid. I drank, I ate, in case you're curious about asking me, and then I drank some more, and then I worked. Um, but I'm ready to get rolling. You know, podcast is a little slumping, kind of like the Braves, but uh, hopefully we turn around here. Did you really eat, Andy, or are you pulling our legs? Four of the five days I did. <laughs> okay. You yeah. can take a guess which one I did. He got tired <laughs> of eating. He got tired of eating those little hot dogs, those beanies. <laughs> oh Lord, oh Lord. Well, uh, guys, it feels great to be back. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I know it's. I appreciate everybody that that's going to be listening to the podcast. Obviously, uh, we apologize. It's been a little while, but summer gets a little crazy with uh, family vacations and new jobs. And two of the three guys on the show have new jobs, which is great news. And kind of just uh, catching up on everything going on. So. Uh, like Zach said, I think we're going to get back into a, a regular rhythm here throughout the rest of the summer and and hopefully uh, give you guys the content that you guys have been searching for. I know it's been a lost two weeks for you guys and you don't really know what's going on in the sports world. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. You can go find us on Twitter at game underscore the number seven and then E-V-E-N underscore pod. Uh, if you want to follow us there, we'll, we'll tweet out a little bit here and there. And then also... Um, you can find us uh, on iTunes or Sa- I think SoundCloud too, right, Zach? But uh, yeah, iTunes, yeah. just Game 7 Podcast. It's Game and then the number 7 E-V-E-N Podcast. So uh, you can find us in, on either of those. This is our 18th episode. We have done 17 others. I suggest you go listen if you'd like to. We I think it's pretty good content. We, uh, we like to have a lot of fun on this show. Um, but as far as our shows go... Most of you have listened before, so you kind of know how the setup is, but just a quick run through. It's the top news, the big three, which include basketball, baseball, and football, and then our ace of the week is the last thing that we've kind of added in. So um, 
nice deal that kind of goes through, you know, a sports, uh, nice sports story or something like that throughout the week kind of gives you a positive vibe on, on the sports world, which, um, you know, there's a lot of negative stuff, but we like to keep it positive at the end. So without further ado, we will head into top news. It's been a crazy couple weeks, guys, um, with world cup, obviously going on, we're getting into all-star break. We've got bunch of different stuff happening, but I would like to go ahead and touch on something I have no idea about, uh, UFC, WWA or WWF, WWE. What is it? So it's nothing in the same, uh, it's completely different. Um, but yeah, Andy, Andy and I will hop in for a little UFC two, two, six, two twenty six. So we have a few more big fights coming up later this year. Um, but Man, as far as this goes, Andy, we'll, we'll, what we'll kind of do, and and we'll we'll just touch on kind of the main card, who won, um, you know, the predictions on each, and and maybe just um, talk about some big news that happened kind of after the fight, which was uh, kind of blowing up the UFC world, if you will. So um, just touching on the main card, uh, one of the best fights of the night, performance of the night, was Paulo Costa beating Uriah Hall. That was an incredible fight. If you didn't get to watch it, I suggest, you know, just go and watching the highlights from all of these fights, really, except for one. They were all uh, pretty action-packed. Um, Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um, is a man, and you're going to be hearing his name around the UFC world for a long time to come. But uh, the dude is just cut. He looks like a fighter, and he punches like one, too. He won um, by knockout as well. Um, the next one... Um, which was a huge win for Anthony Showtime Pettis. He had been kind of on a lull, um, beating Michael Chiesa. Chiesa um, um, beating him in what was a pretty sick body triangle into an arm bar. Um, so that was a, a very clean fight. The next fight was Mike Perry and Paul Felder, which was just a stand and bang and knock each other out, um, which was won by decision. But that was a full action pack fight of i mean pretty sure he broke his nose um or broke his arm in the first round and just kept pounding and pounding so that was a great fight one fight that unfortunately we didn't get to see was max holloway and um brian ortega which is a a fight that we will see in the future but um unfortunately max holloway you know has had some concussion issues and he's just not healthy um so that um stinks for any ufc fan um, because Brian Ortega is 13 and 0, so him coming into that fight and, and being able to or having to sit out on such a a thrilled fight, you know, really really stinks. Um, the next fight was Francis Ngannou and Derek the Black Beast Lewis, which uh, this was the kind of lull of the night, Andy. Um, it was awful. Yeah, um, Derek Lewis is kind of one of those you know fighters where he he fights based off what the other fighter does he he comes back he he sits and waits for you to make a move and then he strikes and so francis just kind of danced so i've heard a lot of like rumblings on Derek lewis and and what you know folks giving him a hard time but i mean that's that's not his game is to go and attack and you know what what are your thoughts on on that fight yeah i think it was like you said a little bit of a letdown um, Francis has had two fights now with Stipe and then now Derek Lewis to kind of cement himself in the heavyweight conversation. And he's completely choked on both of them, um, especially in this Derek Lewis fight. Everyone knows that Derek Lewis waits on his opponent to make moves and he counter strikes. 
I don't know if Francis did not do his homework on it or what, but he just looked awful in the entire fight and easily the worst fight of the night for me. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, you know, Francis has the big, the big strong punch, but uh, at this point I'm kind of over it and move on. Um, you know, give me a fight night with him. I'll watch it, but I'm kind of tired of seeing him on the main card, big fights, um, unless it's one of the first ones and it's somebody that he's just going to swing and knock out. But other than that, that was uh, the letdown of the night for sure. Um, but kind of going to the to the end of the show, and we'll kind of let Andy go a little more detail, um, was the big fight, uh, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Stipe um, will probably get the nod for the greatest heavy time or heavyweight ever. Um, mm-hmm. as far as defending his title for the most times, which is what, Andy, three? I think, yeah, three. This is yeah. his fourth. So this was his fourth going for it, and DC said that he would come up from light heavyweight to fight heavyweight, um, which is a big task in itself, especially with someone like Stipe that um, has controlled the um, fights for so long or has controlled the heavyweight reign for so long. Um, but, man, this fight was quick. Stipe... Uh, Got got his money's worth from DC's fist. Yeah, I'm stunned. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I was shocked that Cormier won the fight. I think for me, it came down to how he won the fight and how quick he won the fight. Because when you saw him come into the cage, I thought he very clearly came in about probably 20 to maybe 25 pounds heavier. Um, and I thought that was going to slow him down. Uh, looked like he'd had some issues cutting weight. Um, turns out after the interview or after the fight, he said he purposely did that because he was knocking guys out in practice. And sure enough, he came in first round, landed a clean right, and then threw a couple on the ground, and that was it. Yeah, and, and Stipe's no small guy either. I mean, obviously no. fighting that heavyweight um, heavyweight range, you know, it, I mean, th- those are big dudes that are swinging at you. And um Andy DC no no longer has anything to prove. I don't know if he did before that, but to me, this you know from the John Jones issues where he's got beat twice, and then Jones has got popped twice right after. This this for me kind of seals DC into he's one of the greatest UFC fighters I've ever seen or we've ever seen. Um, he's one of those guys that not a lot of people rooted for, and I think now everybody is um, just hearing his story and, and what he's gone through to to get where he has. And man, this was this was a big fight, and he's one of the legends that we'll talk about for for a very long time. And he's uh he's got two belts. Not many people have done that. Champ, 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 double champ. Yeah, uh, second person ever to have it simultaneously behind my man McGregor, Connor. Yep. So, um, Andy, what happened right after the fight? So I've seen a lot of takes on this, and it being staged or kind of like. JP mentioned more WWE style or whatever, but I was highly entertained with this. You've got to know DC is actually big into the WWE, how they go about it. And listen, it's called world wrestling entertainment. And I think they pulled a page from their book, but the goal of this is to get people talking and that a hundred percent worked. So he calls in Brock Lesnar who still after all this time and still being suspended, he's still one of the biggest names out there and one of the biggest fights you can possibly have. So he calls him in, and it's funny to watch because DC's trying to keep a straight face, 
doing a promo and calling him in. And Lesnar literally comes in, shoves him down, and shows him how to do a promo. And it was spot on. He absolutely called out the entire heavyweight division and then went after DC, shoved him. And everyone kind of complained about it and saying this isn't the UFC and all that. But guess what? The main goal of UFC right now is to make money. Get the big fights. When they get in the octagon, it ain't fake anymore. So they can do all this stuff going into it, but you're going to walk right in and you're going to have quite the fight at the end of the day. So I was hugely impressed with how the fight ended, how he called out Lesnar, and I'm pumped to actually deal with Lesnar versus Cormier, which I think is going to be in January. Um, so it should be a good fight, and I think one that's going to make a lot of money, and it's going to get my money. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a fight that will carry. Um, one other rumor, and, and we'll kind of wrap up the UFC section here, but another rumor is we, we could potentially have a Khabib-McGregor sighting maybe later this year, which would be awesome uh, for a fight in Russia. So uh, that would be awesome. But uh, JP, we'll bounce it back to you um, for a little World Cup talk. Oh yeah, oh yeah, good stuff, guys. On uh, on that guy hitting that other guy, I like it. Um, but yes, World Cup, World Cup. It's been a crazy, crazy World Cup so far. Honestly, it's been a lot of entertain, uh, a lot of entertainment, a lot of good stuff, um, a lot of flops. Uh, Neymar gave us a, a lot of fun flops. We actually have the Neymar challenge now, where kids are um, running with their soccer balls and then just falling over it's uh actually kind of funny to watch so uh that's been good so far but no honestly the round of 16 guys i don't know if you guys have watched too much of the world cup um and i won't go too deep into it but it's been a lot of fun um there's been a lot of overtimes there's been four penalty shootouts which is awesome um and honestly the uh the host city russia made it a good ways unfortunately got knocked out to go to the semis but um, it, it really has been awesome. We now have a team France who is already on to the finals on Sunday. Tomorrow, England and Croatia play, uh, and the winner of that will play France for for the World Cup. So we're here here at the very end. I think if I had to pick somebody now, England would probably be the person that I'm looking at um, to play France. I don't know from there who would who would play, but that's just kind of how I've seen these teams play and how good they've been. So, uh, but it'll be fun to watch. I know it's a, a good way to finish. It's been, I think, entertaining a little bit. Zach, have you watched a little bit of it or, or Andy? Uh, I haven't watched much, honestly, since yeah. we, since we last talked just with vacation and being at the beach. I, mm-hmm. I really, I really have missed getting to watch a whole lot, which stinks. Um, but at the same time, you know, you kind of give and take and mm-hmm. and it really it really does you know unless you're extremely die hard soccer or football you know it it really is hard to get in to it whenever your country isn't in it i mean let, let's be honest i mean you, how many more folks would be keeping up it keeping up with it if the u.s was in this thing or even even played in pool play like that still just makes you more excited to watch the rest of it so unfortunately, I haven't. I have you know watched some Atlanta United still, but um, you know, not not yeah. as much World Cup as you, and and I'm sure many of other many other of our friends. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, you're a hundred percent right, man. I'm not gonna lie. I've been, you know, I've been dialed into some of these some of these games here and there. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, four years ago, uh, there was a time where I would go and find a bar down the road to watch the USA play. Uh, if I was in um, work or if I had something else going on, there's usually a TV or somebody had it on their phone watching. So, so you're a lot more in tuned and a lot more. Uh, all over the games and matches and whatever's happening if your your country's representing um you're 100 percent right on that so but this one it has been fun it's been good uh it'll come to a close here on sunday um so that'll be the end of the world cup which is it's crazy and we'll get another four years before we get another another shot at it um but uh on top of it as far as any other football news goes we did have uh, Atlanta United play a couple games in the past year. They beat Philadelphia Union uh, this past weekend, uh, two nothing. Been playing actually extremely well lately. They took Dallas down to the final little bit there. Dallas snuck away with one, honestly, um, in Dallas, and that was kind of a bummer. But they came back and, and took care of business for Philadelphia, and honestly, have have looked fairly fairly good. Uh, they have an awesome match this weekend with the Seattle Sounders. I actually will be in attendance this weekend to watch, so I'll bring back a little bit of a uh, little bit of good stuff for you guys. Um, what? Me too. Nice. Good. I don't want to see your face. Oh, um, no, I'm to find you, but I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Andy. We can definitely meet up, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. There should be another seventy thousand, I'm sure, in attendance and uh, and ready to roll. It's a big deal. I heard actually them announce that they will be playing the World Cup on the big screen before the game. So that's something kind of cool, I guess. A little added bonus in there for everybody to come, kind of come early and and hang out down there at Mercedes Benz. Why wouldn't you come a little bit earlier? Place is great. Beers are cheap. It's an awesome place to be. So. Um, I know I'll be down there early. I'm sure hopefully Andy will be eating this time, right? That's my goal. Okay. But hot dogs I, are cheap there, Andy. I may even buy you a $2 hot dog, buddy. Okay, cool. All right, good. Good, good. But uh, other than that, football-wise, I guess one last big thing football-wise. I know we've talked a lot about it, but uh, Ronaldo, the great Cristiano Ronaldo has officially made the move now from his beloved Real Madrid to Juventus. Um, This is a huge, huge move. Uh, Obviously, I know you guys, you know, Andy doesn't know too much about soccer, but still he knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is. I'm sure he knows how important he is. This guy is making bukus of money. I mean, absolute loads of money. And uh, this right here was a total of about $350 million worth of a move. Um, So that's incredible to even think about first off. Um, But he passed up, I think, a a three-year, $100 million, whatever was left on his contract with Real to move over to Juventus. Um, A lot of people kind of have had the rumors and rumblings going that he was not happy with Real anymore. Um, seems like they were kind of getting careless with him, this and that kind of crazy because he's won just about every uh, award possible. And that team's pretty much run that, that whole country, um, for the past little while. So it's crazy to hear him move over. I'm excited to see what he can do there. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I don't know. It's kind of, this is kind of like a, uh, 
a crazy unknown world that he's venturing into. So um, we'll see what he's got. We'll see if he can, you know, put another team on his back and, and roll along. Guys, extremely amazing with talent. And I mean, the guy's contract is ridiculous. Uh, I think he's going to make, he's supposed to make like $50 million next year or something like that. And that compared to, let's put it in Matt Ryan terms, he's supposed to make $30 million next year. So that's insane. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that doesn't happen. And, you know, and if you try to compare it to another sport, like say, you know, you have other leagues. So like with the NBA, you have the Euro League and then, then you know, the NBA or um, the NFL, you have the Canadian Football League or the NFL. Granted, those are not the same caliber as as this over in the, you know, the Premier League soccer and all those Premier English teams or Italian teams or those leagues that are like that. You know, because th- that level of soccer is is so much higher than than what I'm about to compare it to. But just for for the the sake of everyone, like this is a LeBron James going to play in Europe. This is a um, Tom Brady at the peak of his career or slowing down on the back of his career going to play for a team in Canada. And, and is that is that how I'm reading this, JP? I mean, it, it's that yeah. kind of. It, I mean, it's a brand. It's a brand yeah. moving to a different league. Yeah, it's 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 slightly different in the fact of how big football is in all those countries. Right. Obviously, right. like basketball is not big here in Canada or, you know, something like that. But it's it's definitely got the same feel to it of, um, you know, of something of that caliber. It's it's just completely different and a move that you would never expect in any any way, form or, or fashion of any sort. Um, so it's it's. Definitely interesting to see, like you said. I mean, I think this is the second biggest move maybe in all of sports potentially. Um, And I honestly don't know who the first one is, but um, it's it's just something that it's incredible, to be honest. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for him. I'm excited to see how it plays out for him. It's cool to see somebody like this actually make a transition. Um, we'll hear about some more transitions later, kind of a little preview into the big three, I'm assuming here, Andy. Um, maybe we'll get into that. But uh, before we end top news, the last big story I have is Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, mano a mano golf match. Um, supposedly, they have gotten together and have revised this huge plan to host a golf match between themselves with a $10 million payout. Um, I don't know all the specifications on it yet. I have seen a little bit here and there as to, um, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be kind of like one guy writes the check for $10 million to the other guy. I think that's just kind of like the purse, kind of like how a golf tournament works at the end. Um, so it's kind of lame in that aspect. However, I honestly think that this could turn into something way more than just a golf match with these two. Um, I think it can turn into something where we actually learn about these guys and, um, you know, their past and how they've kind of got to the level of where they're at and how they've got to the level where they were competing and how they didn't like each other. And then now how they like each other. And I think it's, there's so much to these two story that's never been told and that you just don't know about that. I think you can make this to be something that explains all of it. Um, 
which I don't know if people have looked at it from that point of view as to how this is, but I just think it's something way bigger than what it, what it's made out to be right now. And it's um, something that never happens in golf too, JP. Never. It's ever. something that, I mean, that you never have like these just battles just for the heck of it, just because two now friends used to be rivals want to go at it. And like you said, you know, it's not to be one guy writes the check. There will be sponsorship money. Granted, it will be cool. It would be cool if they're like, all right, you know, here's the check yep. signing, you know, like sign it on over there, bud. Yeah, because, Wouldn't be surprised uh, if there's a few side bets between those two, though. Um, oh yeah, that won't that won't be talked about, you know, because Phil will, you know, do say something, you know, on the first tee. Well, don't worry, Tiger, I told you I'd give you this one, but I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, kind of stuff like that, joking around. But this is something that never happens in the game of golf. Uh, hopefully, it happens. You know, there everybody's leaning to it will, but it it will be must see TV. So and it'll be interesting, you know, the kind of course that they pick. Um, so it man it yep it, it's there's great. been uh there's been rumblings too i've read lately of uh it potentially turning into a series of different head-to-head matches which would even be cooler um you know i don't know if you can make some sort of you know i don't know week-to-week challenge type deal go out of this or something like that maybe between different golfers as well but um, I think this is something, like you said, I would compare this to Ronaldo moving <laughs> moving countries <laughs> is the yeah. best way I can compare it to. It's never been seen before, uh, especially on the golf situation. And I think this is something that's could maybe transform golf a little bit, uh, yeah, maybe make it something exciting to watch. I don't think you would see it very often after this because there's not really that type of rivalry like there was because nowadays it's more along the lines of you know all these guys are buddies they go on vacations together they're family friends they have dinner all this other different stuff so it's almost like they're the last rival kind of in golf and as this new wave is transforming golf which is great um, because i love golf for that but man this is something that um, could transform the game for years and years and years to come. And it's great seeing the, the two pillars of the golf world as we know it from when we were little into, um, you know, into becoming adults, you know, that they were the guys that you watched. And so having this, um, man, it, it'd be must see TV for anyone in the golf world. It'd be, it'd be a ticket to, to get. And if you got it, you'd be lucky. I mean, it, it it'd probably be harder to get than masters tickets, you know, because it, it's a one time it's a one time deal. So, um, but yeah, man, it yep. awesome, awesome stuff. Yep, it's absolutely good, absolutely good. So that's really it as far as our top news goes. Uh, a lot of great stuff happened these past couple of weeks. We'll keep you guys up up to date on everything coming up. Like I said, uh, Atlanta United's coming up this weekend, um, World Cup finals. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, we will move on now to our big three. All right, so let's uh, let's venture on into the big three guys and get rolling here. Um, really. Just kind of keeping up, obviously, with baseball, basketball, football has kind of been on the back burner for us for a little while, and uh, will get kicked up here soon, though, because we've got all. We've obviously we're we're pretty close here, to football. So um, we'll get to that in a minute. But baseball, guys, um, 
what is going on right now? We're just hitting a slump, man. We've ran into a brick wall this past week. The Braves um, are still okay. They're fine, but we're limping. We're limping to the all-star break right now, fellas. I don't think you could ask for a better time for the all-star break to come. Um, I mean, you need to make a move, and we can talk about that here shortly. But, I mean, Andy, they're, they're as cold as the Rockies. Literally, the Braves are blue, and I'm not talking about the Colorado Rockies baseball team. I'm talking about the Coors Light can that's freezing cold. You know, like that, that you pull out of the ice chest. They are as cold as the Rockies. The Braves are blue. Um, and, man, it's we're, we're limping. What's our problem, Andy? I think one, I think we're being very generous by saying we're limping. We're crawling. We're getting dragged. <laughs> we're stop, drop, and rolling. <laughs> this is brutal. The problem is, obviously, listen, the bullpen is a horse we've beat to death a hundred times. We need bullpen help. But now our starting pitching is starting to struggle. Our offense isn't as, I don't want to say exciting. They're not as consistent as they were earlier on the year. And this is where I'm worried about going into the second half. And not necessarily the fact that, like, we're an Atlanta team, we're going to choke, blah, 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 which, you know, probably will happen. But um, I think the big thing that we have to worry about is we shot out the gate. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys performing above and beyond expectations. But now we're getting into the dog days of summer and we have a team that has a lot of our main players being extremely young and ones that are going to get to their innings pitch limit here within the next month. So we've got Sean Newcomb who's already starting to show signs of fading. You know, he hasn't gone more than what, probably 150 innings in his career. That's going to be an issue. Fulton Nevich, I don't think, has ever gone over 160. That's going to start coming up. So you've got these guys who I don't think are used to the grind of dealing with the late August, September. And I think that's the problem of being ahead of the schedule is this was supposed to be the year where we're playing 500 ball, we're being competitive, we're in games. We start to stretch these guys out. They start to learn what it's like to play deep into August and September, but it's not something we needed to count on. Well, now all of a sudden we need to count on them. And I don't know if we're going to hold up on it. And I don't know if we are, one, we have the finances to make a big trade, or two, willing to give up a bunch of prospects to get the trades going. So according to Alex Anthopoulos on the Chuck and Chernoff show yesterday, I believe, either. Yeah, yesterday. Um, he says with, you know, he, he was talking with Terry McGurk and basically said there's, there you know, money's not the issue. It's just if we want to pull the trigger on how much we'd have to give. So I think if the right move's there, then yeah, we can go get whoever we want. If we want Manny Machado, yeah, go get him. But it's, we're not going to do it because we don't want to lose what the return would be, you know, or what we'd have to give to to pull that off. So, yeah, like I said, I, I think the All-Star break is coming at the right time. I think it's going to give these guys, some of these young guys, um, that energy, that break that they need, that they're used to because they're not used to playing, you know, 
top caliber baseball on a first place team for this long, you know, maybe, yeah, sure. In the minors, you know, on the Gwinnett teams that played very well over the past few years, but you know, nothing like this JP. And, and this is where a move or something along these lines, it needs to happen. In my mind, the Braves are not a team that can sustain what they've done throughout the year. They will go on hot streaks as the young guys get hot, as Ronald Acuna gets his feet back going. The Braves will get hot as Ozzy continues to streak. The Braves will get hot. But, man, we we have to have somebody throw the ball consistent. And that starting pitching you know, was great early on, but right now they're not. And the bullpen was great you know, the first month, three weeks. And then since then, it's like, you know, pulling teeth out to get someone to just throw a strike, it seems. So, Jay, I I see us making moves, and, man, I see us making a few. And I, I want the Braves to win, win the East. They haven't done it in forever. And the Nationals are fading. Now's our time to go. The Phillies are getting hot. But at the same time, you know, you can still get hot the back half of the season. So I think a move is in store. And, and you know, what are, what are your thoughts, Jay? Um, I, you know, I, I, I do want to point out the fact that on this last road trip, um, we did face a tough schedule. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that we should have, you know, well, that means we should have gone six and four. We should have been five and five, but that's not what I'm saying, but we did face a tough schedule. Uh, we did have to go through St. Louis. We got lucky to get out of there with a sweep. We had to go through Yankees. Um, honestly, that lineup is extremely scary. I'm surprised we got out of there with a win. Um, and then we had to go play Milwaukee there. Um, and I feel like we kind of screwed away a couple games. So, uh, you know, it, it was a tough schedule we had to go through. Uh, there's no excuses for it. I, I still think you have to be able to compete with those type of teams if you want to win your division and if you want to actually be legitimate and you want to play in big-time playoff games. Um, you know, I, I was really uh, – sad and upset to see you know we kind of had those two opportunities with Newcomb and Fulty this past weekend to step up and show us that they are the dominant pitcher that we need um, to stop the losing streak to stop this madness of us getting thraxed and to throw a good game and relax us and they just kind of pooped out um, it just wasn't a solid performance from either of them. They didn't look, you know, good. Newcomb didn't look good versus New York. He didn't look good versus Milwaukee. Um, you know, he's kind of been through a tough stretch here. Fulty just, he didn't look very good the past weekend. And I think we just have to get to the all-star break right now. It's the only thing I can think of. I just, I think these guys, like you're saying, they're just worn down. They've never really been through the mental aspect of actually playing in an MLB season and actually going through the ups and downs of what it has to offer. And uh, you also have to believe that these guys, you know, they've just been – a couple of them just been voted in their full, first All-Star games. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot to take in all at once. So, uh, honestly, we just need to get to next week as quickly as possible. 
Um, and hopefully we can right the ship a little bit and, and get us a few wins here before the week's over and, uh, and just settle down, take a deep breath over the all-star break. These guys will get a good chance to enjoy themselves and actually understand what it's like to be an all-star. That's another thing they get to take in, but they can also relax at the same time. And, uh, hopefully these pitchers can also take a deep breath and yeah, I think if you want to be serious about winning the East, you're going to have to make a move for some sort of arm. Um, bullpen would be huge, uh, or, or, or a hitter. I mean, that's fine too, if that gets you going, but I, I think you have to get a bullpen arm at this point. Right, Andy? I, I no, or, or I, Zach, sorry. Not to cut you off, but I mean, and Andy, you can weigh in on this. I think you have to go bullpen arm starter and, and another bat and be a, not necessarily platoon guy at third base, but I mean, Camargo's given you enough, but Camargo can also play short. Camargo can play second. Camargo can play um, first base. So I, I th- third base is so hot right now on the trade market. There's tons of different options, including Manny Machado. It depends on if he wants to play short or not, or, or if they're trading to, for, to be a shortstop. But man, there there are tons of options out there that gives you an extra power bat outside of Freddie, which the Braves need. You know, Freddie. You know, Marquez has been awesome. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a four hitter. I mean, you put his bat at number at two, or you put him at five, and he has this year, and you have a guy in front of him that that's you know raking still or hitting bombs or whatever it may be. I, I think that completely changes your lineup and makes them deeper. And and don't get me wrong, Charlie Colberson has done a great job. Camargo's done a great job. But Camargo is your Martin Prado that can play every position and, and fill in to give Dansby a night off. To when Ozzy's having a rough time, give him a night off. Um if if somebody needs to hop in the outfield, you have Charlie Colberson who can also play those infield spots. So it is kind of I, I man, I think you need you need to make three moves. You need a bullpen, you need a starter, and you need third base. And the reason I say third base is because that's the the biggest market, I guess. The the biggest option that's the easiest uh, e- easiest to obtain. Does that make sense, Andy? Yeah, but here's how I think Anthropolis is thinking is us as fans, we want to Go for it right now, right? We've been watching, what is it, four years now, five years now of just terrible teams. And so we get antsy real quick. And I don't think the bar was set high for this year, but obviously we've outdone ourselves. And here we are in first place, tied for first place, going into the All-Star break, and we have a great team. I think Anthropolis is looking at this like, okay, our window is now officially opening up. Do I want to go ahead and give up X amount of prospects for guys to make a run at, without rose-colored glasses, a second round out in the playoffs? Maybe. You know, because at the end of the day, we don't have a guy that can go one-on-one, you know, in a one-game playoff. Or we don't have a guy that can really go one-on-one with the heavyweights in the National League. So I think he's looking at it as like, yeah, he's going to try and plug a hole maybe in the bullpen, give a couple B-level prospects up for it. 
But otherwise, I think he's gonna. We're just gonna ride and die with what we got and go into the off season with a ton of money, a ton of prospects, and really a solid plan of how to attack it. And we're we really want to build the team up from there and go for it next year. Honestly, as much as fans, I don't think want to hear it. I I see it, and JP, I'll let you touch. I won't, you know, talk a whole lot about it. Um, I see it the opposite way. I think he's not afraid to make a move, and I think he's gonna make a move. I think he'll make a splash. He did the he did it with Josh Donaldson, um, you know, from the A's to the Blue Jays. So I, I think there's moves to be made, and you know, there will be a big splash happen soon in Atlanta, whether it be in the offseason like you are hinting to, Andy, or whether it's within the next few weeks. He is a big move kind of guy. So yeah, Jay, what are your thoughts on all that? Uh, guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I got we're gonna find out real quick. I guess what kind of GM AA is. <laughs> I mean, um, it's a tough situation for me to gather around because I can definitely see it from Andy's standpoint in the fact of before this season started, our whole thought process was get all these guys some more experience. Let them get a taste. Let them, you know, go through a full season, go through the aches and pains, go through the ups and downs, you know, play our 500 ball, play our below 500 ball, and we don't care because we're going to strike in the offseason and make our move then. Um, And I can see it from that standpoint still now. I can see it just be like, you know what? Let's let these guys try to figure it out get themselves out of tough situations, see if they can handle this type of pressure, see if they can work themselves around this, these problems that they go through and just, you know, try to struggle through it this year. But I can also see him saying, you know what? I've got six other guys, other pitchers right now in the minors that I don't know who's going to work out and who's not. Um, so I probably need to ship at some point. Um, and, I don't, I'm not saying you ship for a Machado. I don't, I don't know who you ship for. I don't know if you ship for a Hamels. I don't know if you ship for who. But um, I guess what scares me is that we ship for a a half of the year deal or a or a year deal, you know, or a year and a half deal. Excuse me, and that just makes me nervous that we're. You know, we ship three guys off for Machado, and Machado says, you know what, man, I'm going to go sign with the Yankees now. And uh, we're sitting there like, well, <laughs> there goes Allard and Tukey and whoever else, Austin Riley, I guess. So that's that's my way of looking at it is just that I, I don't – if I'm trading, I don't want to trade for a rental. Um, I just don't think we're that good this year to do that. I agree. Um, I think there's one thing if like, you know, maybe it's next year and, you know, we've got the third base situation filled out and we need to trade for uh, maybe a closer or we need to trade for uh, an arm, then that makes sense to me. But I just think we're too many. We're still a few too many steps away. Like you're saying, Zach, we need three pieces. That's a lot to do for, you know, you're, you're almost thinking about depleting the farm system, not depleting, but taking a good bit of the farm system away in order to grab those pieces, depending on where you're going. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of my view on it. And the reason that I'm kind of on the opposite fence as Andy and, and, you know, kind of along with you, Jay, and, you know, I see you're kind of on the fence as, as you can lean either way, but 
you don't know next year if the East or if the National League will be as down as it is this year. And, and what I mean by as down, there's not a team that's running away with this thing. And so that's why I say, well, well, why not? You know, why not go make a move? Why not make a splash right now? Because, yeah, the Brewers are great. Yeah, the, the Cubs are, are going to be good. You don't know what's coming out of the East because the Nationals are, are doing the National things. But the Phillies and the Braves are, are kind of head-to-head at this point. So why not go make a move that makes you the best team in the National League? That's how I see it. That's how I would do it. And you know, but I don't get paid the the big buck like Andy to make those decisions. Well, I think the biggest thing is that we're we're gonna find out what what he's about. Um, we're gonna find out if that's what he is. If he's the guy that you know likes to take chances and and go after it, or if he's the guy that's you know maybe I should be patiently waiting to make my my strike. And uh, you know, there there we'll will see. be a move made. Yeah, I mean, there, we'll see what kind of move it is. There will be, and and that will just, that will kind of determine uh, how we could, I guess, project the the rest of the season to happen. Yep, yep. So, um, but right now the Braves are on a snide. They did lose again tonight to Toronto. Uh, hopefully, we can, like I said, right the ship here for a few games before the All Star break. We really got to get just just get to it, honestly, to get a break. Um, but we'll keep an eye on everything else going on. But guys. <laughs> I mean, on top of everything that's going on bad-wise with them now, how awesome is it that we do have four guys in the All-Star game, um, three of them for the first time ever, including the old man, Nick Marcakis. Um, Congrats to that guy. I mean, you want to talk about putting it down and, and getting work done and you know going about your business the right way. Nick Marcakis is the face of that situation. Um, Absolutely love it. And when I got to talk with him a couple weeks ago, seeing how happy, and I think you can see in his interviews now, it wasn't about him. He spent 10 minutes just talking about his kids and his family and how excited he was for them to come out and watch him play in the All-Star game and it being basically a homecoming for him, being close to Baltimore and everything like that. You could tell for someone who doesn't smile a lot, he was smiling a ton as his kids were sitting around us playing top golf. How he was talking about them and seeing how happy they were and just kind of smiling, thinking about how happy they're going to be being able to do that. And it's very rewarding. You know, he's had several years where he probably should have been an all star. And for a guy that's just uh, your ball player, the guy who just comes to work every day and works, you know. It's rewarding for him and his career and what he's all, you know, led up to this point. And so I'm extremely happy for him, extremely happy for Fulty. Um, Fulty for me is probably one of my favorite Braves on this team. I just think he has so much potential when he can go out in the eighth inning after throwing 100 pitches and he rips 101 and he throws 98 miles an hour still. You've got to give that guy all the credit in the world for being able to calm down his emotions, you know, tenfold from what he was doing last year and the year before to be able to kind of control himself and kind of really figure it out. You know, that's the type of guy that's going to grow each and every year. And I think in two years, you're going to see a guy who's going to go out every single game, going to give you a shot to win. And he's going to eventually, I think, go six, seven innings and really put up some crazy numbers. 
Yeah, man. I mean, this is this is exciting for us. This is really exciting. The Marcakis deal, I cannot get over. Obviously, Freddie, guys, that's a huge deal. Uh, Ozzy, I feel like he just kind of barely got snubbed, but obviously Javier Baez or excuse me, Javi Baez is a, is a great player as well. Um, so so no harm done, but uh, I still cannot get over the Marcakis deal. I couldn't be more happy for that guy. Uh, well, well deserved. I mean, Zach, obviously, you know. You know what it's like watching watching baseball over the years and watching the Braves and seeing Brian McCann and all of those guys in the All Star game. I mean, this means a lot to to the organization. I think to us fans that that these guys have the opportunity to go play. And uh, I mean, Freddie led the deal in votes, and Marcakis was right there, pretty much with him. So I mean, it was a huge deal, huge deal. Absolutely, and to have four Braves in it again. It's exciting. <clears throat> you know, like you mentioned, McCann, you know, like the last time the Braves really made a presence in the All-Star game was when McCann ripped that double for the National League to win. And what, when that was in Houston, like mm-hmm. 2009, 2010, something like that. But a long while ago. Um, what, what really gets me with, obviously, you know, Freddie is so deserving for it, and I'm glad that he got the nod. Fulton Evich has had a great year. Um, to start out, you know, slowed down, of course, but um, <clears throat> I, I'm happy for him. Um, great to have a one of our struggling pitchers to to make the team. But um, Ozzy, man, what an exciting guy in baseball. There's not many that you will get that's that exciting to watch with the speed. But like y'all mentioned, the the Marcakis deal, and and what really got me on it is what Adam Jones, you know, said. I, I've been looking for the the actual quote, and um, I I can't find it exactly what he said but basically adam jones was like you know this should have happened a long time ago there's there's not a better professional out there than marcakis and he's taught me so much he's still one of my best friends and and just hearing a player of his caliber that's been on all-star teams that played center field while marcakis was in right field with the orioles hearing that you know testimonial of you know a guy finally getting the the go ahead and, and the nod is 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 something special and to not only get the nod, but to lead the outfield in voting. So well done, Braves country. Well done, Nick Marcakis. And uh, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun few days for these guys. It uh, especially for Ozzy and Fulty and Marcakis, who've never done it before. Yep, yep. it yeah, absolutely will be a, a great, great case for these guys. They'll have a lot of fun. They're going to learn a lot. They're going to get to see a lot of these guys in action. Um, you know, up close and personal and and be able to learn a lot, hopefully. Uh, this is a great opportunity for Fulte and Ozzy Albies to, to take a seat and, and just listen and learn. Um, you know, they just need to keep their ears open and keep their eyes wide open and just watch how some of these guys go about their business because these guys are, are the best in the business, hands down. Um, so, obviously, you've got, you've got the normal names, Harper, Trout, Betts, um, you know, all, all among these guys. And, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the all-star game. I love the all-star game every year. I know a lot of people think it doesn't really do anything, but I enjoy it, man. It puts all these guys together and all these guys are stars, man. It's fun to watch and they all have a good time doing it. So it's, it's good for me. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll roll on, I guess, from old baseball here. We could talk about this all day and all night, fellas. I know that for sure. Um, but we will, Go ahead and move right into Andy's soft 
basketball time. Woo. <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Talk to us about your soft basketball NBA. Woo. Wait, I need, I, you know what I need, Zach? What? Can you put a buzzer for every time Andy has to say something stupid about the NBA, which is every day and every second, because he decided to come in last week with, uh, man, Trey Young's going to be a bust. Like, You're right. Like doing it live. Like we do it. Or do you mean to like edit it back over? Uh, we may have to edit it back over. I don't know, but this yeah. whole Andy text Zach and I the other day after Trey Young's second summer league game and he said i this is just awful it is awful oh god i thought you were trey young's biggest supporter like two weeks ago i thought trey I young was going is, to i'm going to buy his jersey i'm gonna shave my hair like him i'm gonna get a fade i'm gonna i'm gonna go lay in the tanning bed so i can look like him like all this other stuff that you were saying to us like <laughs> our text group and like now you're just like i hate the guy yeah i don't think any of that came out of my mouth Andy, you you bought this the suit shorts. I just don't get it. Yeah, they didn't fit. <laughs> he tried on the slim fit, and they yeah. uh, just didn't work out for him. <laughs> Turns out about slim. Listen, I, Andy, what happened, dude? Just tell me what happened. What happened? He started thinking about Luca again, and he had he had a few <laughs> dreams overnight, and then just you can imagine the rest. I don't. Oh, there's a fine line. All right. Trey Young. <laughs> it was more than two games, JP. <laughs> Sorry, three. My bad. <laughs> we went into five games, and from three-point distance, he shot 17.9%. I'm pretty sure that I can kind of get close to that number no way. in the summer league. Yes. Andy, oh. are we talking about practice oh, or are we talking about the real thing? Here we go. Are we talking about practice? Are we talking about, I'm, I'm hey, confused so here. Are we talking about practice? Acuna strikes real out. Ronald Acuna strikes out three times in a spring training game for 10 games straight next spring. Are you going to tell me you're worried about him? I might. <laughs> really? That's a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, that's 30. <laughs> All this is, this, is, this is Andy. But, but, that's, but you're going to tell me you're worried about Acuna. All right. No. So here's my thing, and I explain this. All right, his shot will fall like tonight. I'll give him credit. Seven for thirteen. All right. What what percent? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That, Did you buy his jersey? That, yeah. Is that okay, above fifty percent? I'm getting double teamed by two people. Don't <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's as cold here's as the my, Rockies. Baby. Here's my problem with Trey Young, and it's not necessarily the shooting. Although I would have loved to have seen a little better. I get that it's summer league. My problem and what scares me the most is he was getting pushed around by dudes who won't be on an NBA roster in two months. So what do you think? What does Brock Lesnar have to do with basketball? Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm impressed you know his name. Thank you. Um, Continue. Instead of a dude who pushed another dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, what do you think – an NBA point guard is going to do to Trey Young, a Russell Westbrook. And, what do you think they're going to do to him? They're going to destroy Andy, him. Andy, How old is slow he? down, Andy. Oh. This is what we knew ahead of time that he was undersized. We knew this before the draft. How old is he? 
I not, he's 19. I didn't like him before the draft. Yeah, dude, at 19, at 19, I was like a solid 5'11", buck 70. Well, now, I'm, now he's 5'6". Now my stats are like six foot two oh five. Like, come on. Well, Trey Young ain't eating a bunch of double cheeseburgers <laughs> for the next three years. All right. Andy, and he's had, gonna work well, out, dude. He's I gonna learn how to do the right protein and the right workouts and the right stuff. It's all right. I best case scenario in my head now for Trey Young, and this is so good, and there's actually a pretty good article on ESPN about it is that everyone immediately compared him to Steph Curry. I don't think any chance he ever has a Steph Curry shot. I think he will be a Jamal Crawford type where he can go streaky and put up 45 and win you a game. But I think he can go over 10 just as fast. I think for him to be successful, he needs to be a pass-first guard. He needs to take the approach like Rajon Rondo does. Give me 11 assists a night. Be the facilitator on your team and let the other guys really put up the shots. Find your shots within the flow of the offense. These little walk up, dribble around for you know, 15, 20 seconds, throw up a 40-foot three. I, like, no. If he does that in the NBA, Lloyd Peter is it Peterson? You're the basketball guy. I don't guy. know. I don't know why. I like <laughs> Pierce. 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 I knew it was something. Adrian Peterson, yeah. the new coach. <laughs> the Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. No. So All day. If he does that in the NBA and he walks up or early within five seconds of the shot clock, throws a 40 shot, uh, shot off, Lloyd needs to pull him and bench him and like teach him not to do that. If he can learn to be a facilitator first, a scorer second, I think he can be successful. I still worry about him being a starter. I still like him right now as a sixth man eventually in his career. But for him to succeed, he's in the best position possible because they will give him the longest leash in the world to be successful. And I hope he is. He's very cocky, confident, however you want to put it. And I hope he puts it to good use. And I hope a year from now I am – dead wrong on everything about him but he scares the crap out of me so let me well, let me ask you this do you think he'll be a top 30 point guard nice trick question <laughs> no because i think he'll be a backup i think there are backups that are probably even better than him at some point yikes andy let me give you some good news okay the oh. good news is out of this whole situation is we're gonna have the number one pick next year <laughs> So, yeah, so so I have to, like, look back at it. Like, we don't have Luka. That still hurts me. But I still – I can't fully evaluate this until I see a full year of Trey Young and then I see who we get with their pick. But they're now all of a sudden a pretty decent team. You've got Harrison Barnes. You now have Luka, who's not going to be your standard rookie, right? He's coming in with Dirk. tons of experience. You still have Dirk to kind of show him the way. They signed DeAndre Jordan. They still have Dennis Smith Jr. That's Dude, they're going to be a good team. That's yeah. That's not a team following. That's not following within like eleven to six, like we hoped for initially. And well, and you also need Cleveland to keep Kevin Love um, because their pick is protected. So say they lose Kevin Love, you know it's top ten protected. So um, we need them to be outside of the top ten. 
I think best case, well, obviously best case scenario, you end up with the number one pick, the number six pick, and the number 11 pick. Right. I think what it's realistically going to be is we end up with a top three pick. I think Dallas is probably, let's, let's be honest, they're still in the West. So them having a good record could still very well be in the lottery. They could still be eighth or ninth. Yeah. They could be eighth or ninth. But if they fall ninth, that's what, 14th? So like we still may get a lottery pick out of that because they're in the West. Cleveland, because they're in the East, vice versa, I think will end up falling like 19th. Eh, yeah, maybe first pick out of the lottery, 16th, 15th, somewhere around there. I think that's realistically what we're actually looking at. Um, barring some crazy changes. Um, so I don't think you can really evaluate the Trey Young thing until we see who we draft for it and then pray that Trey Young ends up yeah. somewhat decent. I, I think there's talking draft. I think there's just sorry. No, I was Go just ahead. gonna say Andy talking draft, he's non emotional. When he's talking Trey Young, his heart's puttering. I can see it through his shirt. <laughs> right. You know, like it's crazy, my dude. Goodness. Uh, the deal is here I is that fingernails now, JP. Oh Lord, the deal is Andy is that you can't make any sort of assumptions. You can't make any sort of look at him like you said until next year. Um, I don't think there's anything you can look at here. I think this year he's going to struggle because he's a 19 year old kid, probably about to be 20. He's very skinny and undersized, and he's got to beef up, which hopefully he'll be working on all year. And he's, I mean, he really doesn't have much to work with around him this year. So, um, you know, he's got some fairly good players to learn from, hopefully. And, uh, you know, Collins has been in the league, obviously. Prince has been in the league. So hopefully these guys help him out a little bit and uh, show him the ropes and get him beefed up, man. I mean, but there's nothing we can. We, we already know how this year is going to go, whether Trey Young scores 45 a night or he scores two a night. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, if he can rain down the types of shots he takes, if he can figure out how to shoot within the flow of the offense, and what I really want to see in, once again, this is summer league, but I think that is a little bit of a red flag, is that if he didn't have the ball, he didn't move. He just stood there. I think we need to get into his head because it, let's say, all right, we'll go his biggest comp, Steph Curry. What I love about Steph, he's an amazing shooter, greatest shooter of all time. He can facilitate the ball. But if he doesn't have the ball, watch him. And he runs everywhere, every second of the game. And that's what benefits him the most because all these guys get tired in the fourth. And he's just super conditioned, and that's when he starts popping off into the third and fourth. You watch Trey Young, once again, small sample size, I get that, but he just stood in the corner if he didn't have the ball. If we can train him or get in his mindset that, like, if you don't have the ball, be this guy coming off screens, be this guy running left, running right, and taking these shots within the flow of the offense and being a facilitator, I think you're looking at a guy, best case scenario, you can get, if he gets there, putting up maybe 18 to 20 a game, 9 to 10 assists. If he gets to that, I'd be extremely happy. The worst part of the NBA these days is is what you just explained. Actually, the worst part of any basketball that I've watched, NCAA or NBA, is the fact of nobody moving. 
That is the most annoying. No, that is the most pet peeve thing for me for basketball ever is how you can pass the ball and you stand in one spot. You constantly should be moving in basketball. Yes. You should never, ever be stuck in one spot. Um, and that's just kind of how I was brought up throughout basketball, playing throughout my smaller days and and a little bit in high school and stuff like that. And I just – it drives me up a wall. So I agree with you on that. Um, but, I mean – there's really just not much we can we can say on him. Hopefully, he just gets better throughout the season and he figures it out. Um, I think the biggest thing with Trey Young that we need to watch is that hopefully, I, I hope his passing is extremely good. Um, I hope I hope that's what the the biggest thing is is that um, he becomes a really really good assist guy. I think if his assists are well and he can keep the turnovers down. That's where I really want to see him learn. I know he can shoot. We all know he can shoot. Um, he just needs to, like you said, be smart with where he's shooting. I think that that'll come with with kind of time and with putting people around him that that he can learn with and, and understand the offense. So um, I'm excited for this Lloyd Pierce guy. I think he's going to be great. He sounds great, looks great, looks the part. They say he's great with young players. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's made of. Now, Andy, let's move away from all this Trey Young whiny baby stuff. To the smaller news. And let's move into my whiny baby stuff. <laughs> because LeBron's moved to L.A. Boom. Whatever. Fine. He moved. Great. You think it's okay that Golden State added on everybody in the universe. Boogie. Yes, they added on Boogie Cousins as that. Like, how does that sound okay coming out of my mouth? Okay. Does that sound okay to you? So, I get your point of view. No, you don't. Yes, yes, I you do. Don't I even try to make this sound okay, Andy. This is not okay. Here's my reasoning behind it. All right, they're gonna have five All Stars on their team. The Hawks had five All Star starters and. Al Horford, Damari Carroll, Kyle Corver, Jeff Teague. We only had four. All five, didn't they? No. No, we only had four. Oh, well. I don't even know who the fifth guy was on Paul Millstone. Damari Carroll wasn't in there. Damari was on there. No, it was Corver, Teague, uh, well, Millsaps, Horford. All right, well, either way. Yep. Either way. Either way. Well, if it makes you feel better, Boogie won't be an all star this year. Yeah. <sighs> you don't know that. You're right, I don't. But he is hurt. Uh, you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just voted. Yeah, anyway. but just don't, listen. Don't make this okay, dude. Here's the deal, Andy. I get what you're saying in the fact of the matter is he's hurt. He's coming back from an injury that you never know if he's going to be a hundred percent. That's the excuse that I keep hearing on these things. There is five all stars on this team. He does not even need to come back a hundred percent. He can come back seventy five percent and. Of, of the Boogie Cousins that he originally was, and he would still be a better fifth guy than what they had before. Am I right there? Oh, well, yeah. The, he's Boogie, whether it's 50% Boogie, or I'd even go as far as 25% Boogie, is going to be better than Zaza, Pachulia, and JaVale McGee. All right? Yeah. So, like, yes, they're improved. My- <laughs> improved? What? <laughs> The greatest team in basketball history is improved. Yes. 
And it shocked me, right? I didn't see it coming. And that's what's more impressive about it is like in today's age, you can't sneeze without it being on social media. So how this just like popped up that he signed, like it was nothing, that was impressive to me. But, and I don't think it's good for the NBA. Well, I'll take two sides of this and and hear me out before y'all both chew me out. I think it's good for the NBA to address, no, listen, to address the fact that the NBA is broken. I think you need situations like this for them to like reevaluate it. And they need to go back to their old system. So I think, so what the NBA did in 99 when they locked out is they adjusted what players could make. So they set a hard salary cap or a maximum offer you could give to a player. So like LeBron, you can you could only offer him Cleveland, uh, what, $40 million? I don't know what the cap was per person. Before that, it was a lot easier for a team to keep their stars. And so like for Michael Jordan, for example, in 96, 97, and 98, he was a free agent in all those years, but there's no hard cap. So he made $34 million. Um, and in the context of where that sat versus today, that'd probably be like $80 million a year. You basically pay for the value of the player, not pay what you're told is the max. I think they need to go back to that and get rid of the hard cap if they want to be a league that wants to be spread across all 30 teams and they want their stars to stay in their spot. If they want to be this entertaining league as far as the NBA offseason is the most entertaining offseason in any sport. False. Huh? False. What offseason? I like watching the NFL Combine. Stop. Way better than summer league. Oh, I'm not watching dudes running around in underwear. It's better than than standing. It all comes down to what the NBA wants to do. But I think – if you want to make this change, I think Boogie going to um, Golden State, and then I thinking another team, whether that's Boston getting Kawhi, LeBron getting Kawhi, and another star, whatever it is, there needs to be another super team, quote unquote, for it to be really readjusted. But the problem is, all these players have this mindset and they're comfortable with playing with their buddies and making the money they want to make, but playing where they want to play and not be tied down. Dude, it's so awful. So, like, I don't think they're going to go into negotiations where the NBA can come back and be like, hey, you know, we're going to cut this out. I think the only way for them to cut it out is literally be like, okay, home team that has the superstar, you don't have a max limit what you can offer him. If the owner wants to pay LeBron $80 million a year, pay him $80 million a year. They need to give more of an advantage to the home team rather than what it has now. Because while the home team has an advantage, which is the fifth year and like $20 million more, it's not enough to sway a player. Obviously, we saw it with Kevin Durant. We saw it with LeBron. We've seen it with all these guys. It's just crazy that you're seeing these things, dude, and like the whole Chris Paul thing was denied. It's still just going to be a huge mystery to me forever. But I think I, it's hurting the NBA. I mean, it's terribly I think, hurting I think the NBA. Where you're going with it, JP? And I'll, this was my two cents, and I'll let you run with it. I think the casual fan like myself, like this, turns me off to it even more. You know, like I'm gonna watch the Hawks just because I do this thing with you guys, 
and you know i want to be knowledgeable to uh, to an extent but i mean it the the casual fan it completely turns you off to the nba 100% yeah 100%. yeah i mean uh i don't know i i try to argue for some things i try to argue against some things i kind of Hated LeBron for a while because I felt like he did the same thing originally, Andy, when he went to Miami, obviously. Um, You know, he hopped and went ring chasing, I guess is what this is going to be called nowadays, or this is what I call it at least. Um, And I think back to when he did it, and I think obviously, you know, that's what it was. It was ring chasing. He put together a super team there. However, I'm thinking back to it, his super team wasn't dominating every year. I mean, well, and even the one before that, JP, the first super team, Boston, you know, with Garnett, Pearson, Ray Allen, and Rob. They weren't dominating every year. You know, they weren't dominating, but they were obviously the best team in the East, and they were the best team because they won the NBA NBA title. But yeah, nothing like this. Come on, I've just I've just never sat back and seen a a team that. Has first off won seventy three games in a season, then they added uh, a scoring, you know, an NBA scoring champion, um, an MVP, and then they went off and added another All Star, um, you know, and they they will have officially five All Stars on the court. I mean, I. I just don't have any words for it. I completely understand what you're saying, Andy. I think I I like what you're saying, to be honest with you, because I want this to be solved because this is just stupid. It's just getting dumb now. You know what I mean? It's just there's no there's no point in teams like the Hawks even trying really, to be honest. I mean, I guess you just try the, the Golden State method. And if it doesn't work, because sometimes it won't work to the effect that they've done it. And uh, they keep adding firepower. So what you know? What are you building for at this point? Um, I don't. I don't really know what else to say to it. It just it it does it does suck for, as an average NBA fan. I am no by no means a an a NBA fact guy like you, Andy. But this just drives me up. A, when I saw it, I was just like, this has got to be a joke. I thought it was honestly a joke at first. I did too. But, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> right? Didn't it seem like it? It was like, yeah, dude, Boogie Cousins has joined Golden State. Everybody was like, yeah, so is Darth Vader and everybody else. And we were like, no, seriously. And I was like, oh, great. Awesome. So I think you're right. I think if something's got to happen like this. And something's got to happen maybe with LeBron's team, whether it's Kawhi gets traded and maybe they add somebody else on, maybe it's Lillard or whoever. Something else has to happen, and then this all can stop. Um, It's just gotten to a point where it's kind of ridiculous and, you know, it's not fun. You want the teams to be split up. You don't want super teams. You want people to have superstars. Yeah, but that you don't need three a team. You don't need four a team. And you want to see people compete, man. I mean, the days of competing, that was what Jordan's era was about, was competing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to rip your face off, Larry Bird, or I'm going to rip your face off, Magic Johnson or whoever. So um, that's what I'd like to see some more of. That's what hopefully we can get back to. Um, that's what I think this this made me all 
pissy about and upset about and cry baby about, but, um, yeah. You got anything else? Uh, nope. You, you kind of agree with me? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely has a lot to do with the mindset of the players these days. Yeah, it does, man. It does. This whole friend deal has got to stop. Everybody needs some enemies. Um, like me and Andy, uh, Football, guys, I got nothing for football. I'm sorry. We will have football preview here soon. Obviously, we're getting close here to the season. Well, it's about nine weeks away. So we'll get into that here soon and and do an actual whole football preview. Right, fellas? Yeah. Only thing with football that I got is Falcons announced that they will have an open practice um, at Mercedes-Benz on July 29th, I believe. Um, Five bucks. So go, everything will be open, concessions, all that stuff. So if you've never got a chance to check out Mercedes-Benz, now is your chance for a cheat. So you can go do that. And they are having a, I think I read, a roof opening ceremony. So you'll get to see the roof open. You'll get to see the Falcons practice without Julio Jones and uh, experience (laughs) Mercedes-Benz to the fullest, you know, and in a different type of atmosphere so um yeah. if you've never got to see it go go get go get your five buck ticket and go go check the thing out man it, it's it's a place to see that it's incredible that, that's really all the football i got it's incredible it's an incredible place definitely go see it like zach said i'll be down there this weekend with andy pounding beers and hot dogs um so last of not least, obviously, guys, we do the ace of the week. This is our um, normal, just kind of positive story. The The one that I just picked this week, guys, um, was Wilson Contreras, who's the catcher for the Chicago Cubs. Um, a little background on him and the reason I picked him, uh, he has been picked for his first All-Star game, and he will be starting um, as the catcher for the All-Star team for the NL. And... Uh, little background on him, though, is um, you ever want somebody to kind of look up to, to somebody, this is probably a guy you should. And Contreras is originally from Venezuela, um, where he, he left that country and ended up moving to the U.S. Uh, he ended up learning English, left his family. Um, you know, he signed a deal with the Cubs in 2009. I want to say he was like 16 years old when that happened, maybe younger. Um, he then spent eight years... And yes, that is eight years in the minor leagues of baseball, uh, which if anybody knows or has been around minor leagues, it is not fun and exciting. It is a grueling, hard-driven, hardworking type life. So he did that for eight years, finally made it to the big leagues, I believe in 2016, um, and is now starting his first all-star game. And uh, they had a picture the other day they tweeted out of his reaction and it was just priceless. I mean, you could tell it was the face of somebody that has worked. It's kind of like how Andy described Nick Markakis. I mean, he's just worked his butt off for years and years and years. And, you know, it wasn't all about himself. It was, you know, about everybody around him and, and trying to make everybody else better. But at the same time, trying to live out his dream. And um, I think it's it's pretty amazing that, uh, you know, he's worked that hard and he's come from that sort of a background to – to live out his dreams and, and all that stuff in the all-star game next week. So he is uh, my ace of the week, fellas. All right, what about man. y'all? I like it. Good. Good. Good, good. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, 
for coming in and listening. We appreciate all the all the people listening. Thank you very much. Feel free to tweet at us, anything like that. Um, text us with any questions or anything. But Zach, Andy, it's been a pleasure, fellas. I appreciate it. JP, hold on. What's you got? Go dogs. <laughs> like he said, uh, go jackets. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Adios. Peace. Red, 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 Around here, don't listen to the Beatles run. Old Bo Cephas threw a jute box needle at the honky tonk where they boot stomp all night. What? That's right. Yeah, what they call work a digging in the dirt, gotta get it in the ground.